What is up, guys? This is your somewhat well, somewhat toxic, most of the time doing her best connoisseur, bringing you another episode of Wellish. I told you guys last week that I was going to tell you about the time that I had every ounce of self-trust drained from my body. But here's the thing. It's not a here's the time type of story because it's had a small leak ever since I entered the school system. I wouldn't classify myself as somebody who was bullied in school. I always had a lot of friends. I wasn't somebody that was in the background. But I will say I now have perspective as being somebody who's older than a five-year-old. I am not an ugly person. I am an outgoing person. And I think that that made other people feel bad and they wanted to put me down. It makes me feel weird saying that out loud because it sounds like a very conceited thing to fucking say. But I'm not saying that I wasn't a fucking busted weirdo. Like I I was. I went to junior high. We all looked fucking ugly when we were in junior high. But there's literally no other explanation for why people would treat me like that because I was such a fucking people pleaser. But at the same time, I became a, such a people pleaser because people would just fucking shit on me for no reason. They were mean to me for no reason. And I I wanted to do everything in my power to make them like me. I didn't understand what I was doing wrong. I, I was funny. I was friends with them. I was loyal. I was, you know, I was a good friend. I knew that I was a good friend. And so I didn't understand at that time why they were treating me so badly. And Like I said, this is the only explanation I can really chalk it up to. So let's start at the beginning. When I was in elementary school, I wanted to be more of like a tomboy because I thought that was cool. Like I had more tomboy energy than the girly girl energy to the point that I was asking my mom to like buy me boy pants and like all of this stuff. So from a young age, I was kind of already going against the grain and That's why I think I might have irritated people because I was one of the girls in a not cringe way. It was genuine. I I preferred to hang out with the guys because they were doing things that were fun, like playing kickball and going on the monkey bars and like playing what like a hot lava tag and all that kind of shit where the girls just wanted to go sit in the corner and gossip. And I just didn't fucking want to do that. That's like... It was boring. I don't, why would I do that? So I tried to, because I was a girl, I still wanted to have girlfriends. I didn't understand why I couldn't have both. So I tried to um, be their friend and become that people pleaser. But by the time I was already over there, they would do things to make me feel like I wasn't, um, like I wasn't wanted there. Like, for example, I went to a birthday party and they locked me in the bathroom and turned off the lights and I was terrified of the dark. So like screaming, trying to get out. They won't let me out of the bathroom. Everybody was playing on crutches. They wouldn't let me touch the crutches. They said they wanted to borrow my face for Halloween. It, and this is all in one birthday party. Like this whole birthday party, it feels is kinging up on me. So I just kind of like sat there quietly. But like I'm supposed to fucking sleep at this house with all these cunts that are fucking being assholes to me. I just didn't understand what the point of all of that was. And then as I shifted into junior high, things got a lot worse. I had friends that I well I had one friend that I was very 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 close with I I don't even know why she turned on me like people that I had been friends with from 
elementary school like wanted to be her friend and not my friend and they wanted to like make things up about me and they wanted to not include me and they wanted to put me down if like if you don't want to be my friend don't be my friend but why do you have to be a fucking asshole to me it got to the point that I didn't want to go to school anymore and so my mom went to the guidance counselor to try to get some advice to help make me want to go to school and the thing too is that like I loved school I loved school I was a perfect attendance person I didn't ever want to miss a day I very much enjoyed learning I very much enjoyed the social aspect of it I enjoyed extracurricular activities I've always been somebody who's very involved and very excited for school so she knew that that was like a really weird bad thing that I didn't want to go that something must be really wrong so she went to the guidance counselor asked for some advice And the guidance counselor went and told my principal. And the next day I'm sitting in my science class and over the loudspeaker, it's like, Sarah Rittendale, can you please come to the principal's office? And I was like, what the fuck? And so I went down there and they brought me into like this room that I swear on everything that I loved looked like a fucking prison holding cell. Like it was all white, all cement. And they sit me down in this room and they're like, I'm going to need you to give me the names of the girls that are bullying you. (laughs) No. (laughs) Why on God's green earth would I do that? Why on God's green earth would I do that? You think I'm fucking stupid? Do you think that I don't know that I'm going to give you those names and then you're going to go fucking talk to them and say, hey, girls, that's not nice. We don't bully in school. We have to be nice to one another. What? And then what? They're going to fucking turn around. We're going to go back to Park District cheerleading on the field and they're going to rip me to shreds. Are you dumb? No, I'm not giving you their fucking names. So I don't give the names. And he sits back and says, well, if you're not going to give me the name, Sarah, I'm going to have to give you a lunch detention. (laughs) Bitch, what? (laughs) So because I won't tell you who's bullying me, that means that I'm going to get in trouble now. Okay, yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Well, don't worry. Took the lunch detention. Didn't matter. He found out who it was anyways. And then they were in that same science class and got called the next day down to the principal's office and got in trouble. And as you can imagine, that made all of my issues a million times worse. They made up rumors about me. Someone said that I fucking taped my boobs together, that I wore two bras. Like they just like did everything in their power to make me miserable for like for what? I never I never did anything hurtful to, the, to these people except exist. And this isn't me like playing the victim. It's me genuinely like, why are we doing this? Like we were friends. It's so sad. So then I moved into high school. In high school, I kind of like retreated. I wasn't really friends with a lot of people. And I got more into like the dating scene. I dated a couple guys when I was in high school and I didn't involve myself with friends very much. And I always chalked that up to being in a relationship. But truthfully, I feel like it was because I was so scarred by my friendships that I just didn't really want to get involved with that anymore. However, I would sit back and still feel fucking bad that I didn't have friends and feel like I was a failure because of it. My same best friend from childhood who had began the picking on in middle school, um, they had a group. It was called the Fine Nine and they never did anything mean to me personally. I was actually friends with all of them not all of them, but I was friends with most of them though, separately, like outside of that group. But I was never included into the group. Not that I wanted to be in it (laughs) because they called themselves the Fine Nine and I think that's hilarious. But I 
I just never understood like why I wasn't good enough to like be a part of something like that. So it left me feeling like I wasn't ever like a chosen person that people wanted to be friends with. Fast forward to college. I did start to get more into friend groups because I joined a sorority. Now, the reason I probably joined the sorority was so that I could literally say, hi, I'm signing up on a piece of paper, paying money and being a part of this fucking friend group because I want to do that for once in my fucking life. So I joined the sorority and then in the sorority, I did get to get involved in more friend groups. I felt that people wanted to be my friend. People liked me. People looked up to me and I felt good about it because I w- I never did it in a fucking nasty way. Anybody that wanted to hang out with us or be my friend was more than welcome to do so. I, I never, ever wanted to make anybody feel like they weren't good enough to be my friend. I always thought that was ridiculous. Now, there were people that did things to me that weren't very nice and I did not get along with, but I stood up for myself with those people. And that's the difference is before I just like sat sitting duck and let people pick on me where when people did nasty things to me when I was in college, I was like, I am not dealing with that shit here. I am not dealing with that shit one more fucking time. So I stood up for myself and that caused rifts and that made people not like me and that made people not want to be my friend. But that I understood because we didn't get along because I put my foot down and I stood up to them and I wasn't going to let them walk all over me where before I let people walk all over me. Then the thing with college, too, was that I was making friends with people that were older than me. I always kind of related more to people that were older than me. I've always been I've always had more of a mature mindset, I felt like, than the people my age. That would cause me to be friends with people that would graduate. So I would make friends and then they would leave. I felt like every semester I had a new friend group, which what made me sad. It, it it made that leak in the self-trust even fucking bigger. Now I have made some really good friends now that I'm out of college. When I got out of college, I had literally nobody and was going to like jump off a building because I couldn't, I didn't have any friends at all. And it took me about two years after college to actually start making some friends. I reconnected with some other friends that went to, I, I went to high school with, but I was never really good friends with in high school. So I've been able to make some new friends, but now I'm moving to North Carolina. So it's like fucking disappointing because it's like every time I get to this point in my life that I make some friends, it never lasts. And so I just have come to the conclusion that it's never going to. I also feel that looking at the pattern of my life from elementary school to now, the times that I was really struggling with friendships and with self-esteem through the issues that arose in those friendships were because I was playing the victim. Like I, what I did, and this is the problem, this is where the self-trust issues really come in. I continued to be friends with all of those people that I talked about. I continued to allow people to walk on me, to treat me however they wanted to. And like I said earlier, I became such a people pleaser because I wanted so badly for these people to like me, to prove that I was good enough, to prove that I was likable, to prove that I was whatever I wasn't that was making them treat me that way. Because I played that role because I was the person that allowed them to walk all over me, which in turn made me a people pleaser. And then from there made me somebody who just was living their life agreeable. It made me feel like I had no decision making skills and no capacity to have my own personality, my own identity, because I really tried so hard to be 
everybody. I always try to be all of the people because I don't want to upset anybody. Even now that I've started to, when I started to post things for working out, there's always people that comment and tell you how big of a fucking moron you are and want you to like feel like shit. It was almost hard for me to start this podcast because I have to have my own opinions, but I'm ready to talk about my own opinions and and be my own person now that I've left that victim mentality behind and actually developed into who I am and who I want to be and stop giving a literal rat's fucking ass about what other people think. It's just such a waste of time. Why would I live my life to make other people happy? They're not even in my life. And they're not even in my life now. These people, like I just said, kept leaving. Nobody's ever consistent. The only person that's ever consistent is myself. But I'm not going to fucking do the things that I want to do because other people that aren't even around anymore made fun of me for it or said something about it. Fuck that. Fuck that. You don't like my opinion? Go fuck yourself. I don't care that you don't like my opinion. I'm glad that you have your own opinion. Let's sit down and discuss it. And hear it. I'm an open-minded person. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to listen to it. It fucking blows me. So when it comes to friendships, I really have embraced small groups, but that's because I'm more of a realistic, blunt, transparent person. I don't deal well with people that are fake, and I don't value relationships that are no more than surface level. I I just don't see a point in that. I don't see a point in a relationship with somebody to like only be like, oh, how was your day? Oh my God, did you see what Susie was wearing? Oh my God, that's so ugly. Oh my God. So I painted my nails this color and I just love it because I just think it really complements all my outfits. Like I just don't fucking care. I just don't fucking care. I want to sit down and I want to talk to you about your family trauma and why you hate your boyfriend. Like, because, and not, not, oh my gosh, that sounds really bad. Not because, like, I care, not because I want to get the dirt on you, because I want to understand why you think the way that you think and why you act the way that you act and why, what makes you happy and what makes you cry. And I, I want to know the ins and outs of my friends. And if I have three million friends, I don't even really know these people. So why do I want to be around them? A lot of the time when I go out and I'm with people, I think, like, if I like had an aneurysm and dropped onto the ground right now, would these people help me? Would these people save me? And if the answer is no, why would I be hanging out with them? This is the issue. I care. I care so deeply about everybody that I get involved with, friendships and relationships, that I completely invest my whole being into that relationship. If, you, if they're just surface level, They, A, probably don't give a fuck about those things about me. And that is just a recipe for disaster because it makes me depressed because I don't understand why I give so much to receive so little. And B, I just think it's a waste of time. I would rather just go sit alone or sit with my family or sit with the people that actually do care about me compared to somebody that doesn't really even know me. What's the point of that? That's just my opinion. But of course, I have those itching feelings of people pleasing and wanting to be all of the things and wanting to be like this great likable person. And I think like, fuck, what's wrong with me that I'm not on a boat with a bunch of friends in the fucking playpen in downtown Chicago? What's wrong with me that I'm not out at a club every weekend? What's wrong with me that I don't have like all of these things? But 
I've just come to realize that that's just not who I am. And I'm allowed to want those things. And I think that it's fun to, you know, do those once in a while. But I can do those things with a few friends. It doesn't have to be a whole fucking shebang. And my guess is going to be that if I'm with those few friends, I'm going to have more fun than I would if I was with a bunch of people who I didn't really even know. Because I'm going to try to be on my best behavior. Where if I'm with all of my friends, I can like fucking be my weird ass self and ask questions. Like if I lost my eyeball, would they still be my friend? Like, I don't know. You just don't ask random people things like that. So like I just it's just something that I value. Now, that was kind of how I lost my self-trust with friendships. But of course, relationships also play a major factor in that. Like when I was in high school, I dated a guy that didn't really want me to hang out with my friends. He was more controlling. We only hung out with his friends. Um, That kind of played back into when I was in high school and not having a lot of them. That was more so of why, because I was just kind of following along with what this guy wanted me to do. I really liked him. He was older than me. So I listened. I hung out with him and his friends and we had a lot of fun. And so I just kind of went along with that narrative. Now, eventually my other friend did come and join me. So that was a lot of fun. We all had so much fun together. I would not take it back for what it was. Um, But at that time, that was kind of what was going on. And now looking back, like if somebody told me that I couldn't be friends with somebody, I'd tell them to go scratch, go fuck yourself. No way. Um, And so I had that experience. And then I, of course, had a four year long, horrible experience of betrayal and cheating and just lying and manipulation. Um, He, for the first eight months, was in an entire different relationship with somebody else. And for whatever reason, I went back to him because that's what I seem to do is I just keep going back to these people that hurt me. And of course, that wasn't it. He, you know, slept with random people constantly, slept with people we knew constantly. I always had girls in my DMs telling me things. So that obviously played into my trust issues. And then when I got into a really serious relationship, he came with a lot of family and at home baggage that by the time I was in that relationship, I was like, I don't know how to make decisions. This is like why I shouldn't take anybody with any problems whatsoever, because clearly I have no decision making skills. Clearly, I continue to allow toxic people into my life and I need to be looking for the next best thing and I need to be looking for top tier material. Not that I shouldn't be looking for top tier material, but just because somebody has like a couple issues doesn't mean to like throw them down the drain. And that kind of became my toxic trait of just like uh, like throwing people away right when they showed any sign of anything sketchy or weird because I was so afraid of not trusting myself and so afraid of not trusting my instinct that it was almost like anything that I gravitated towards I went against and it made me really not happy because I wasn't doing anything that I really wanted to do I was doing things based off what I felt like I was supposed to do and that wasn't good for me either Anytime I interacted with a person or had a relationship with somebody and because I am an empathetic, caring, kind, deep person, it went deeper than I think most people do. Like I feel like maybe I take things deeper than people. That's right. You heard it here first. I take it deeper than most girls. (laughs) No, I think that I just am uh, a deeper person. And so because I care so much, I get so invested and then in that same token get so hurt when it doesn't work out and when things fall off and when people betray me and all of that stuff. All of that really led me to feel like I was inadequate and made me feel like I couldn't 
you know, I, I didn't know how to make friends. I didn't, I wasn't a likable person. I wasn't somebody that people wanted to be around. And I was obviously doing something wrong because I was the only person that was really like that. I was always, I always felt like kind of an outcast. And like I was saying, it really made me feel closed off. I, I just had a really hard time letting anybody in after that. It, it made me feel like not only could I not trust people, but I couldn't trust myself to make the decision to cut people off when things got rough. I don't like confrontation. I will be confrontational I will stand up for myself now which is a learned skill that I did not have for a very long time but because I didn't have it for so long it's something that is still a little shaky for me and I don't want to even put myself in a situation that I could have to confront somebody it just makes it really hard for me because I feel like I can't trust myself to cut things off when I should when I start to feel like things aren't working for me when I start to feel like this friendship isn't enhancing my life it's kind of dragging me down or this relationship isn't benefiting me in any way they're just taking from me they're not giving anything I feel like I can't make those decisions I feel like I, I I just allow people to walk all over me because that's what I did for so long so I I have the fear even though now I've gotten rid of the victim mindset and I now realize that I have to be the one to take action on my life and I have to be the one to make the decisions to remove people or to add people as I see fit I still have the fear of the victim mindset and the fear that I'm not going to make those choices when the opportunity presents itself so I find myself just not being involved with anybody really or being very deep with a lot of people or letting the people in because I don't want to have to just turn that off one day how have I worked on fixing the self-trust I decided that I think so when I first started to get on this rebuilding my self-trust journey was first of all being aware that the reason I was always so angry at myself and so flighty and so uncomfortable was because I lacked self-trust. Once I started like learning what self-trust was and that that was something that I didn't have was genuinely my very first step. I didn't know that that was something I could lose. I didn't know that I could gaslight myself. I didn't know that I could be the source of my issues. I I just wasn't aware of that. I just felt like because, again, I had this victim mindset for so long of like that people were doing these things to me and that was why it was happening. I didn't realize that it was more in my control than I realized. So, First of all, realizing that. And then once I realized that, I started to make it an extrinsic thing. I started making it something that other I was doing it for other people. I wanted to let other people in. So I like would tell them things that that I was like more open than maybe I should have been and then would get stepped on. Um, Or I just would... I wanted, again, to be likable. I wanted to be personable. So that's how I started to become more agreeable because it was like, okay, I'll open up, but I'm going to say the things that I know you're going to like to hear because that's going to automatically make you like me. So that was kind of like my first baby steps into it. And then, of course, that didn't really work out for me. It wasn't really getting me anywhere. So what really actually helped with my self-trust had nothing to do with relationships or friendships at all at all. It had to be things that I did for myself. And again, not really involving friendships and relationships at first. What it involved was the smallest little things. Like if I said to myself, I am going to drink a half a gallon of water today. 
and I didn't do that, I'd be like, you're a fucking pussy. Like, you're a fucking piece of shit. You suck. But when I would do it, when I would tell myself that I was going to do something and I would follow through, it was like, oh, shit. Like, I can listen to me. I got that. I did that. Something that really helped with my self-trust was 75 Hard. I am, If you haven't heard of 75 Hard, that's another Andy Frasella thing. I talked about him in my first episode. 75 Hard is doing 75 days, five activities every single day. You can't fall off. And if you do, you have to start all over again. Now, I'm kind of a fucking weirdo. And when I commit to things, I like go full-fledged, like can't give up. And like, for example, I went to this like reptile fair when I was a kid that was down the street literally had absolutely no meaning to me I got a green like one of those like rubber bracelets if you know what I'm talking about like athletes would wear them they're like those like rubber gummy bracelets and I put a green one around my ankle that was literally from this fair that again meant absolutely nothing to me and I had left it on and it was on for like a month and then it was on for six months and then it was on for a year and then I was like fucking committed that I can never take this off. Let me see how long it lasts. I wore this bracelet around my ankle without ever once taking it off for 13 years. (laughs) For literally, why? It literally, I did a backflip and it was so deteriorated that it just like, snapped off (laughs) and and I still have it sitting on my shelf in my childhood bedroom as like a memento (laughs) so my point is that I fucking stick to shit I don't give up that's what really helped with my self-trust is committing to something and saying I'm going to follow through I'm going to follow through now sometimes this can come to me as a fault Um, because I hold on to things much longer than I need to. I have to be very careful where and when I draw the line because I can find myself right back in those situations that I'm staying with people that aren't benefiting me because I want to prove to myself that I can accomplish something, that I can meet this goal that I said that I was going to. For example, with my relationship that I was constantly cheated on, I was so fucking dead set on proving that I was the one that he wanted to be with to myself, to him, to friends, to family, to his family that I wanted to prove to these people that I was good enough to be with which is just fucking asinine like literally thinking about him makes me want to like curl up into a ball and die because like why would I like not even just because he cheated on me I'm sorry I'm not better than any any one person I'm not but like I deserved more than that type of person and I allowed for several years to not only date that person but to just associate myself with them. So it just is fucking irritating to me. But so I have to find that line and make sure that I'm not um, committing to something for too long that doesn't make me happy anymore. But that almost comes in the self-trust as well. So going back to, again, what helps me is like doing these small things, these small acts saying that I'm going to do something and then uh, following through with it really helps build that self-confidence, even when it has absolutely nothing to do with relationships and self-confidence, I said, but also self-trust, which go hand in hand. The more you can trust yourself, the more confident that you become. As I was doing this with small things, I was able to kind of ramp it up to bigger things. Like, When I was struggling with my boyfriend's family baggage, I allowed the things that were happening to consume my mind so much of the time 
and I would never take action on what I actually wanted to. And I would set goals almost for myself then that I would say, okay, if X, Y, and Z happens, this is what I'm going to say. Now, this is another thing that has to be monitored and controlled because I can't allow myself to spiral and create scenarios that haven't even happened yet. But I wanted to be prepared with things that I believed in and being able to follow through with them. Solidifying what I believed was more so what I needed to focus on rather than coming up with scenarios and coming up with answers for those scenarios, which is what I spent so much time doing for so long that was really bad for my mental health. Now, I just really solidify my beliefs. Now I talk to myself in the sense of like, this is what I believe. This is what I think. This is my stance on this. This is what I'm going to do. And now whatever scenario presents itself, I have an answer for. Because like if the exact scenario that I planned in my head didn't have an answer for it, I was fucked. I literally like didn't have an answer because I, and I would get scared and I would just not say what I actually meant. I would just be like, uh, 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 and a lot of people to walk all over me. So being able to solidify my own beliefs and then execute them in smaller ways in day-to-day life to then be able to apply those ideas to my relationships and stand up for myself when need be really helped with the self-efficacy, the self-trust, the self-confidence. Now, what can be really hard is when you do fuck up. Like if you listened to I believe it was episode one that I talked about my hair routine that like I burn myself out and I like try to pack on all of these tasks for myself and then I get pissed when I don't do it. The problem with this is just because you don't always follow through does not mean that you can't trust yourself. It just means that you have to try again. It just means that you missed the mark and that's a normal thing to do. Like it's not normal to be perfect It is not normal to get everything right. It's never going to be that way. Nothing is ever going to be that way. And that's okay. That is not something that needs to be shit on. And we so often forget that because it looks like the people that do the things that we want to do or the people that we like look up to, it looks like they never miss the mark and you just don't understand. But I promise you, they do. You don't know what it's like to be with that person every moment of every single day. And I promise you, not everybody does every single thing right every single time they do it. We try our best. We don't always do our best. The difference between a person that is a failure or a quitter or somebody that sucks and can't trust themselves or is unself trustworthy is that a word that I can use? And a person that you look up to and the person that you think is so wonderful and a leader and does everything right and never fucking messes up or does everything perfect. The difference between those two people is resilience, getting up and trying again. Resilient people get up and try again. They live moment to moment, day to day and and just keep getting up. You just keep getting back up and trying again. Oh, I fucked this up today. Well, I'm going to try again tomorrow until it no longer enhances your life, until it no longer is benefiting you, then you have to dispose of it. But while it benefits you and while you're still working towards something, you can't just roll over and say, well, I just didn't do it and I'm just never going to be able to do it and it's just not for me and it's not going to happen. Like you have to gain a little bit of resilience. You have to be able to get up and say, no, fuck that. I'm going to try again. I can stand up for myself. Next time somebody says something to me, I can do that. Here's an example that's kind of out of the box. 
I was driving home from work yesterday and I I really wish this is like okay I made a YouTube video about this I really wish that I was sexier and I don't mean like the way that I look I mean the way that I carry myself I carry myself more abrasive if you guys can't fucking tell by the way that I talk and I've accepted that about myself and I like that about myself it's just that now I'm trying to kind of focus on that and I I wish that I was more um soft and sensual and sexy like like that kind of woman like you know and I'm not expecting to have like Megan Fox vibes but I was driving home from work yesterday and this SUV is driving next to me and the guy is like full on like cranking his neck to see me and like making eyes at me and stuff I saw it we made eye contact and then he continued to drive next to me, got off the highway by me, stopped at the light with me. And this man stops at the light right next to me. And I do not move. I do not look at him to save my life. I will not look at this man. Now, am I flipping my hair, playing with my sunglasses? I took them off my face and put them on my head so that he knew that I had a pretty face and I wasn't hiding it with my sunglasses. But I would not look at him. The reason behind this was very simple. I was terrified and had no idea how to act. <laughs> I don't know how to like, I, I I think that if I like tried to like sexually smile at somebody or tried to flirt with somebody, God forbid, it would crash and burn. That's just like, I'm not good at that kind of thing. Like I just have never been somebody that has been good at being like sexy and flirty. I'm more of like funny and joke around and have good conversations with you. I'm not like, again, like bubbly, sexy, girly, fun, flirty, cute. That was a lot of adjectives. (laughs) So my advice to myself as soon as he drove away was you can just practice on those people (laughs) like that when that happens it's not he's not fucking asking me out on a date it's not like I have to say no it's not like I have to do anything weird like I don't it doesn't have to be that serious but like if somebody is obviously interested in you like why not like practice a cute little flirty smile it's literally just like doing it so that when you the situation actually presents itself, you can actually utilize those things. So what I thought when I drove away was, fuck, you didn't utilize that opportunity as practice. And now you have to next time. Now you know that next time you can utilize that as practice and you should do so. Basically, you have to choose whether you are going to overcome what's making you feel untrustworthy or you have to dispose of it. You can't sit here and play victim and pretend like the things that are happening in your life are happening to you and you have to flip the script that they are happening for you. And I know that that's fucking annoying. And I know that's like literally the most annoying thing somebody could say. Really just like shifting that mindset because it really just comes down to a shift in mindset makes a really big difference. Things aren't happening to you. They are happening for you. If somebody is treating you badly, then you that is for you to say, well, you know what? I don't want that energy in my life. I don't want to be treated like that. So I'm going to do away with that. Now, let that be in whatever form that comes in. That doesn't mean that you have to be aggressive and cut somebody off and say, well, because you treated me like this, we are done. We are over. It might be hard to do that. And you can't really do that with all relationships. I mean, you absolutely can't 
okay, you can do that with all relationships, but it's not always ideal. Like sometimes they're family relationships and it's really hard to cut those ties. So it's not something that you have to make this huge dramatic cut off thing from. But just like a nice little release, a nice little like I'm going to turn my red receipts off and just ignore you or and let us drift apart. I'm not going to come to you for all of the things that I used to. I'm not going to tell you everything about myself anymore. Um, Maybe we can send each other some TikToks, but I'm not going to, you know, you're not going to know the ins and outs of who I am and what my life is about. You're not going to be my go-to person to go talk to when something is wrong or when something is going well. You just can't give those people that kind of power. Or if it's somebody that has really hurt you or that you are comfortable cutting off, then actually cutting that relationship off. I think a lot of the times things happen when you are ready. And somebody gave me that advice and it made me feel a lot better because if you think about it, it's so fucking true. If you are getting into a relationship with somebody, you do so when you feel ready. You date them for a little while and you're nervous, but then like one day you're just kind of like, you know what? I think I want this. The same thing happens when you break up. Like maybe it takes a month or a few to break up with somebody. Um, you know, you go through like the the fighting and doing all of the things, but then one day you're kind of just like, you know what? Fuck this. And I, I can't do it anymore. And you leave and you guys don't talk anymore. And it just comes to an end. It's happened with friends, whether it's drifting, whether it's cutting things off, like it's just one day. It just happens. And you're just ready for it. And it, if you are not ready for it yet, that's okay. You can know that it is coming soon because it's going to allow you to prepare for it and eventually be ready. But don't put so much pressure on yourself that you have to do it. Like You have to do these things right fucking now. It is your life. You're the only one that knows your situation. Nobody else does. So don't let people make you feel like you have to do things on their clock. This is your clock. It's your life. It's how you want to live it. You don't want to drag it on too long. But you know what? If you do, the only person that's going to be affected by that is yourself. That is all that I have for you guys today, except I have some very exciting news. Next week, we have our very first guest on Wellish. Her name is Sarah Bochnik. She is a good friend of mine. She actually (laughs) was a member of the Fine Nine. But the reason that Sarah is going to be with us next week is because she recently broke up with her boyfriend of seven years. We're going to talk to Sarah about how she's doing, how she copes with it. I think Sarah has done a fucking kick-ass job of ending that relationship and not looking back. And I want to talk about that with her because I think that she could provide a lot of insight to you guys. When somebody you love breaks your heart and ends a relationship, how you could not look back and go back to that person and how she does all of that when she still doesn't feel good inside about the situation. So we are going to talk to Sarah next week and hear what she has to say about ending long-term relationships. Make sure to go follow me on Instagram at underscore Sarah Ritt and you can follow Wellish on Instagram at Wellish Podcast. You guys have a kick-ass week and I will talk to you next Monday. Bye guys.